By the way, this idea that sometimes comes into predestination, that God has a specific step-by-step plan for every part of your life, mm-hmm. you do not read that in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay. His plan, his predestined plan, is his plan for the salvation of souls. Mm. It doesn't include every move you make. Your choices are your own choices. Yeah. Whether you want to conform to God's plan or not conform to God's plan. Hello, and welcome to another conversation with Dan. And old Jed. Good to see you again. Yes, and you. Yeah, we are going to be diving back into Romans 9 today. We had a good discussion for the first part of the chapter. Yep. So we're going to round it out and then possibly go into some psalm discussions in our next one. I like the psalms. So definitely stay tuned for some of those. But where are we going to pick up here in Romans 9? Well, let's recap for a second. Okay. Um, Romans 9 is about um, God's faithfulness, God's word. Did God change his mind in midstream? Yeah. Thinking that he chose Israel and then cast off Israel. Uh, Was God's plan A, and then he went to plan B, or has God been consistent? Right. Um, This chapter is to show the place of Israel in God's plan, or how Israel has chosen to fit in with God's plan or not fit in with God's plan. Mm -hmm. But verse 6, you know, is not as though the word of God failed. God's word, God's promises have never changed, and he's going to show that. Um, This passage is about God's election, God's choice. Mm -hmm. God chooses his plan. He does not choose whether or not people will conform to that plan. Okay. Let's look at some Old Testament uh, things that he brings out here. Look at verse Mm 7 where he says, In Isaac shall your seed be called. Now having nothing whatsoever to do with Isaac and his choices or Ishmael and his choices, God simply said the seed promise of Abraham mm-hmm. will go through Isaac, yeah. not Ishmael. It had nothing to do with their salvation. Yeah. It was simply God's election for God's plan. Right. All right. And, and again, nothing about what they did before they were born, while they were being born, after they were born. That's right. This was totally God's unequivocal Statement that's from Genesis twenty one twelve, mm-hmm. and then um, also <clears throat> in um, the next verse in verse nine, mm-hmm. verse nine, God said unequivocally, Sarah in her old age, after she'd long had Ishmael, right? She's going to have a new baby next year. Mm-hmm. That was totally God, yeah, making that happen. Yeah, then. Um, he goes to Jacob and Esau, and he says, even before they were born, while they were still in their mother's womb, uh, down in the in the book of Genesis, I think it's chapter 25, he says in verse 12, the older one is going to serve the younger one. Right. See, that's sort of like my seed line's going to go through Isaac, not Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Now he says it's going to be through Jacob. Jacob. And not Esau. Right. That didn't have anything to do with their salvation personally. Mm-hmm. That was simply God's election or God's choice. Yeah. And so okay. all of this is big plan, not individual choosings. That's exactly right. The only person choosing here is God. 
It's not talking about the good or bad choices or the personal soul salvation of the individuals. Okay. Then in verse 13, we had this quote, mm-hmm. Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. Yep. But we that broke quote, that down last time. Yeah, that comes yeah. from Malachi. And that's because the nation of Jacob, God had promised to bless them and bless whoever blessed them and curse whoever mm-hmm. cursed them. The nation of Esau cursed their brother Jacob and went against their brother Jacob. Yep. And so God had no choice yeah. but to hate them because God said, whoever blesses you, I will bless whoever yeah. curses you. So that, again, <clears throat> was about God's choice. Okay. All right? Then in verse 15, he quotes Exodus thirty-three nineteen, where God says, I, God, will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will harden whom I will harden. Right. Well, I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So the idea is God chooses the plan for having mercy mm-hmm. and having compassion. We have to conform to that plan. All right? Okay. Then let's pick it up with verse 16 and 17. We'll go from there. All right. <clears throat> so starting in verse 16 here in Romans 9. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. All right. And that's from Exodus nine sixteen. But in Exodus 9, 15, God says, I knocked you down a bunch of times already, Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And the only reason, Exodus 9, 16, that I'm picking you back up each time is so that I can show forth my power and glorify my name. Mm-hmm. He's not saying, Pharaoh, I put you on the throne and made you king of Egypt and used you like a puppet and you had no choice in your bad choices. Right. He's simply saying, Pharaoh, I would have killed you a long time ago, except I'm keeping you alive to glorify mm. my name. Now, right? are, we, are we coming to the point that matters to like me and you? Like, is God talking to us yet about having mercy on someone or choosing yes. someone? He's talking to us in the sense that the whole book of Romans ahead of this mm-hmm has said God's plan to justify or make righteous mankind is through Christ, the seed of Abraham. Mm. God said, I will do it this way. Okay. Now, whether you comply with that or not, that's up mm. to you. But God is not going to change who he decides to have mercy on, which is those in Christ, the seed of Abraham. So we're still just <clears throat> talking big picture plan, but it's coming to our part or our time in yeah, the plan? Yeah, he's illustrating this by these Old Testament examples of how God chooses his plan. Okay. And then, you know, he, he says in verse 19, pick it up in verse 19 and read a couple of verses there to verse 21. It says, you will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will, his being God's? Uh-huh. But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to the molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honor and another for dishonorable use? All right, so the point here is, do we as human beings have the right to to question God's election, God's choice? Mm. God has said it's in Christ that all people are going to be blessed. Do we have a right to question that? Mm. Uh Esau's people tried to question God's choice, and they ended up in a bad shape. True. Uh, 
Pharaoh tried to question God's choice when God said, now I'm going to get my people out of slavery. And Pharaoh said, no, you're not. Mm. You know, it ended up bad for Pharaoh. True. Um, (laughs) So what he's saying is, whether you choose to go with God or not, God will still use you. He Mm. used Pharaoh to glorify his name. Didn't mean Pharaoh was going to be saved. Right. But since Pharaoh chose to go against the plan, God still used him. Yeah. So he's saying that all people are vessels. Okay. And depending on the choices we make, Mm -hmm. we can be vessels of glory or vessels of dishonor. Now, there's another passage in Paul where he talks about this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. Good commentary on this part of... Romans 9. Okay, 2 Timothy what? Chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. Read that for us. It says, Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Sounds pretty familiar there. Mm -hmm. Verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So you notice that if in there, Uh if a person makes the right choices and cleanses himself from these bad things, Mm -hmm. then God will use him as a vessel of honor. But what if you make the other choice? He'll still use you. He can use you as a serving dish or as a toilet. It depends on what you choose. (laughs) That's what he's saying. so So he's not saying that from the very beginning, God has molded you into a dishonorable use vessel. No. And there's nothing you can do about no. it. No. <clears throat> he's saying that he's going to mold you, and then you choose your usage, and he's still going to use you whatever usage you, you choose. You whether you're going to go with his choice or not. Yeah. And according to your choice, he'll either use you as a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. Pharaoh could have been used for honor, yeah. but he chose that so, choice. And in all of <clears> this, it isn't... Just each individual choice you make decides what type of vessel you are. It's, again, are you following in the plan? Are you trying to serve, in our conversation now, are you serving Christ? Right. Or are you actively working against him? And see, the Israelites were, were, they were maintaining, we are your people. We are your chosen people. We don't have to go with Christ. Yeah. But the plan of God way before, in the time of Abraham, was... Abraham, in your seed, which is Christ, yeah. all the nations will be blessed. Okay. But what if I don't want to be in Christ? Yeah. Well, then I'm not going to be blessed, am I? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right. So notice down here in verse 22 of Romans 9 and 23. Read, read, keep going there. All right. So starting in verse 22. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Like Pharaoh. Like Pharaoh. Okay. In order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. All right. So there he's getting down to us. God's plan, you can like it or not, Israelites, was to bless all nations. Through the seed of Abraham, not just Jews, yeah. but Gentiles. But we're the people of God. We're the people of God. Are you in Christ, the seed of Abraham? Mm-hmm. Seed. And you look at, is he saying to the Jews, you may have thought all Gentiles were vessels of destruction, 
but maybe God's been having patience on them and bringing them around. Is he trying to tie those pieces together? You know, he's simply he's simply using that patience thing to refer back to the example of Pharaoh mm. and saying, see, God puts up with these vessels of destruction in order to to show his glory and his power. Okay. And he'll put up with you if that's your choice to, to use you in his way. Yeah. But <clears throat> he so, always planned through Abraham. So it's less drawing a comparison to the Gentiles and vessels of destruction and more Jews do you want to choose, like Jewish people right now, do you want to choose to be like the vessels of destruction? That's correct. Or do you want to continue with God's plan? That's exactly right. Okay. All right. So verse 24 makes the statement, you know, it's not just of the Jews, but also the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Go back to verse 6 where he says, not all those that are Israelites are really Israel." It's not the flesh, but the children of the promise. Mm. The promise to who, Elmer G? Uh, the promise to those who are in Christ? No, the, the promise in the Old Testament to oh, To Abraham. That's exactly there we right. Go. Okay. See, all of this predestination, all of this election goes back to mm. the promise to Abraham. There we go. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Even the ones they didn't think it would be. Changed. All yeah. the nations, okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so look at, he quotes Hosea now in verse right. 24. Read there. Now, those who were not my people, I will call my people. Seems pretty straightforward. And her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. So now he's saying that's an I will statement. That's an I will. There's it's not an if statement. Yeah. So I'm going to call people that didn't used to be my people, my people. Mm. You Israelites need to get used to this. <laughs> See? I'm now sure look at verse 27. Well. Look at verse 27. Okay. <clears throat> and Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. Uh-oh. Mm. So that's another unequivocal statement, right? Yeah. It's only the remnant of Israel that will be saved. Which remnant? Well, the ones that choose to be in Christ. Yeah. Now, this doesn't mean that God chooses that person to be in Christ and that person not to be. Right. It means that God chose in Christ shall all the nations be blessed. Now, do you want to be in Christ or not in Christ? Yeah. And now, this is all in spiritual blessings. This is talking about plans and salvations and it's not... Spiritual blessings. That's right. Just making sure we stay in that context. By the way, this idea that sometimes comes into predestination, that God has a specific step-by-step plan for every part of your life, mm-hmm. you do not read that in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay. His plan, his predestined plan, is his plan for the salvation of souls. Mm-hmm. It doesn't include every move you make. Your choices are your own choices. Yeah whether you want to conform to God's plan or not conform to God's plan. And when he's talking about Jews and Gentiles, he's talking about at that historical point, the nation of Israel and all the other nations. And so now at this point, Paul's trying to make the make the statement of, this is literally for everyone. Right, and today, especially with the controversies of the war in Israel and all this kind of stuff, people yeah. are all concerned about, <clears throat> you know, Israel, and Israel is God's people. No, if we read the book of mm. Romans, yeah. God's people are those who are in Christ, yeah. the seed of Abraham, and there's absolutely no land 
promise associated with any of that. Right. And there's no group of people, race of people that have a right to any land as far as the Bible is concerned. This is talking about a salvation plan available to all people of all nations. Through Christ, the seed of Abraham. Yeah. Regardless of where they reside. Yep. Okay. Exactly right. So let's keep rolling on. All right. So go on to verse 29. Verse 29, Isaiah (laughs) predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring... We would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Okay, the offspring that God has left, mm-hmm. you know, is the remnant that you read about in verse 27, yeah. which is those Israelites that will accept Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Not all of Israel, yeah, but the remnant. Okay. All right, so God says very clearly here that all Israel will not be saved, but the remnant who accepts Christ. Yeah. God's spiritual Israel. Yeah. Now look at 30 through 33, and this is where he wraps up the point of the whole chapter. Yeah. If you want the point of the whole chapter, here it is. Okay. <clears throat> so here we go. Chapter 9, starting in verse 30. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it, that is, a righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching the law? Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if they were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Uh, A good passage to refer to about that last part would be 1 Peter chapter 2, when he deals with the stone text from the Old Testament. Mm. Christ is the stone, and... Both this passage and First Peter teach that he can either be your stumbling stone, yeah, or he can be your foundation stone. Yeah. But it depends on what you choose. Mm-hmm. God has laid that stone down, and God's plan is that He wants that stone to be the the foundation of your life. Yeah, but you have to choose to build your life on that foundation. Yeah, or you can choose to reject Christ and stumble over Him. So he's saying that Israel, in the main, yeah. has chosen to reject Christ, and that for them it will be the stumbling stone. So this is where, if anyone's looking for the personal choice in the matter, this is where it comes in. This is where it comes in. God says, this is my stone. Yeah. You know, in, in Acts 4, Peter's preaching, he says, Christ is the stone which you, the builders, rejected, mm. and he has become the head of the corner. Yeah. And he's talking to the Jewish leaders right right there. So the point here in verse 30 and 31 is that the Israelites, most of the Israelites in that day, chose to put their hope and faith in in their performance of the law of God. I can keep Mm -hmm. the law of God well enough to be saved on my own. Yeah. Paul in the whole book of Romans says, but you've sinned, you've violated the law of God. Yeah. So what are you going to do about that? What's the plan of redemption? Well, the plan of redemption is in Christ. Mm. Yeah. So if you if you choose to reject Christ, there's nothing for you because the law, if you read through the early part of Romans, the law points out your sin, but the law doesn't give you redemption. Yeah. All right? So the Gentiles who weren't seeking righteousness... They found it in Christ because they chose to trust Christ. Mm-hmm. Then if we get to Romans 11, which we'll talk about later, he talks about that tree, you know, which yeah. its roots are in the promise to Abraham. Yeah. Those Jewish branches that chose to reject Christ got cut off. 
those Gentile branches that chose to accept Christ got grafted, grafted in, in. Yep. and that tree now is God's saved people. But you choose whether you're going to be in the tree or not in the tree. Yeah, and it's neat that he starts, <clears throat> which, you know, chapter ver- chapters were all put in later and everything, but for us, the start of chapter 10 is kind of the reiteration that God isn't just separating people out and destining them for different places. He's not saying, I don't like Israel anymore. Yeah, he wants everyone. He wants all of the Israelites yeah. and all of the Gentiles, but he's not going to change his plan. Right. His plan is still, Abraham, in your seed, in yeah. Christ, all of the nations will be blessed. So if I want to be blessed, where do I need to be? you got to be in Christ. Amen. That's the whole point. Yeah. Like he says in verse 4, to everyone who believes. And, that's and it means in Christ. In Christ, yes. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's. It, it's kind of a beauty to it in that we don't have to figure it out, but it also doesn't mean that there's no hope for us one way or the other. Well, let's put it this way. God has set his plan. Mm-hmm. It's in those unequivocal promises of God, mm-hmm. particularly in his promises to Abraham. He has set his plan. Now, that plan will never change. It's in stone. We can choose to accept it and go with it, or we can choose to reject it. But the plan won't change for you, won't change for me, mm. won't change for Israel. Yeah, and it, none of this is saying that he has set the direction or our decision on that plan. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. It, his election has nothing to do with my freedom of choice. Mm. Okay, and that was true for the Gentiles and the Israelites then, and it's true true for all nations today. Yeah, and and the question in chapters 9 through 11 is, has God thrown away his people? The answer to that is no. Mm-hmm. God has stayed consistent with what he promised Abraham, and the seed of Abraham, Christ, in whom all nations are blessed, has come as promised, yeah. and now you choose to go with him or go against him. That's, okay. that's all that's there. Yeah. So it just kind of ends for us with that question. Are we going to follow Christ or, or not? not? That's that's the point. That's are we right. going to trust God's plan and that there is a plan? Or are we going to but, kind of... But yet I don't like a God. I don't want a God that is so rigid that he just makes this one plan for salvation. I, I would like this plan of salvation to change a little bit for me. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> that seems very selfish. But and, it's not going to happen, is it? No, of course not. So I need to cho- choose to go with his plan. Yeah. And so much of it always goes back to, do we trust that God is the creator God, the all-knowing God, the loving God, you know? And so the one who knows so much more than we can even begin to imagine, and so we're going to trust in him, or do we see all of this as rigid and you know stuck in the mud, and surely that's not what he's like? And Yeah. Well, and even we could say, and surely, you know, Paul didn't really know what he was talking about, or surely this has been copied over a different way. We can keep making all those excuses or we can go, no, God is powerful enough to get us what we needed to know, even to today. And then yeah. we get a choice to do what we want with it. Yeah. So freeze dry this predestination is about God's salvation plan. Mm-hmm. It is never about who will conform to that plan and who won't. That's our choice. Mm-hmm. And it's not God has chosen for you. No, but he's chosen the plan for you. Yes. But you have to choose whether to go with that or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for going through Romans 9 with us. Yep. 
And then as a preview, what did, which psalm did we decide we're going to do next time? We're going to attack Psalm 32 and break that thing apart and make sense of it uh, next time in our next video. Yep. So I would encourage you, if this study has been helpful, share it with a friend. You know, <clears throat> put a thumbs up on YouTube for it. But if you haven't subscribed, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel so you'll know when that song breakdown comes out here in a couple of weeks. Very good. So thanks for watching. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time.